0: Hi, you all. Welcome to this week's episode of Romance and Color. I am one half of the duo here at Romance and Color, Tatiana. And thank you for coming along on this journey with us. Uh, this is our next, uh, I think it's our what are fourth or fifth, I don't know, I'm not counting, uh, episode in our Writing in Color series. Um, I hope you all joined us last week where we talked to Mona Shroff and it was such a warm and funny uh, conversation about how she kind of shifted gears in her mid 40s and decided to go for it and write romance and write the romance That was representative of her Indian American experience. And I thought it was just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful podcast um, that we had. Hope you all also took advantage of the giveaway. The giveaway closes on May 30th. So I don't know. By the time this podcast goes up, uh, the giveaway may be over, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, (laughs) This week's podcast. Is First of all, I just want you guys to brace yourself because it's an amazing, amazing conversation that I had with someone that is brave, who is not afraid to do their own thing and um, just really making a mark for themselves in the world of romance and romance writing. The person I'm talking about is uh, Mina Wahid, And um, my conversation with Mina, what a fun-loving, young, vivacious person. And we had to coordinate things because Mina is in the Middle East. So we were like seven hours apart, but it was absolutely worth it. The whole conversation was worth it. Um, we talked about so much. We talked about her bravery and writing a uh, queer, uh, non-binary, gender non-conforming uh, romance. As a queer woman, as a closeted woman, as a Muslim, hijab—excuse me, hijab—wearing uh, woman in the Middle East, and what a revolutionary act that is for her to be doing all of this. I mean, we take things for granted here. We can write whatever we want. We can say whatever we want. Uh, For the most part, uh, we can be where we want to be. Sure, there are people here who don't understand our way of being or or the freedom to just exist. I know for myself as a a Black woman, as a, um, you know, a Black woman, as a Southerner, as a person of also many identities as well. It, it it can be difficult to just exist, but can you imagine having the strength to just write and and, and write from a, a a a place of peace and and love and warmth? Um, she writes soft, sweet, queer romances. Again, usually featuring all types of uh, people and all types of uh, gender identifications. Um, her uh, first work, Graham's Delicacies, is a collection of short stories. Her second work, Soft on Soft, is a novel that features a female, uh, a lesbian relationship. Um, and they're amazing. I they're available on Kindle Unlimited. But I'm gonna say st- I'm, I'm gonna stop talking. I'm really gonna stop talking, and I just want you guys to enjoy this conversation with. Mina Wahid, a person that I now am glad to call friend. Enjoy. All right, Mina, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm like so excited to talk to you. Um, Thank you for taking the time out of your, I guess it's nighttime where you are, (laughs) or evening where you are, um, because it's one here and then i think it's about
1: seven o'clock in your time it's eight eight p.m eight p.m Actually. oh my gosh oh my gosh well that that that's fine uh, our days on ramadan don't really start until after Futur, and i had my photo like an hour and a half ago so okay. it's noon to me as well <laughs> okay <laughs> okay so i'm
0: just i'm, I'm just so that thank you. Um, I' I read your your kind of bio on Twitter. I've gone to see your Amazon page with your with your um your work on it. and I'm just curious how does a woman living in the Middle East you know how does she get started writing romance literature and specifically kind of queer focused romance literature? I'm just I am just fascinated by that. Like these kind of intersecting identities that you have at most on female writing queer lit. I'm just I'm just blown away right now. So can you tell <laughs> me a little bit about that and how you got started writing um, of
1: course. Um, but, uh. Well I think I can we can all blame it on we not blame it really but it's I think it's had to do with anime to begin with mm-hmm. like living in the middle east we I was very much engaged with like media and I was watching a lot of anime growing up especially when I like in my teens I was into k-pop as well that's right. actually how I read my first uh, LGBT fanfic and mm-hmm. yeah it, it was uh, it was the beginning of how I got to learn the whole like LGBTQ and then like and then I got on Twitter and I learned all about like asexuality and stuff like that mm-hmm. and when I, mm-hmm. the thing is I felt like my online engagement was so different from real life because in real life nobody knew what you know, ace was and what mm. demisexual was, or even like bisexual, you know, things mm. were so like, hush hush and everything. Mm. And especially like queer lit. I didn't come ac- I think I came across my first queer lit uh, book. I think it was a novella, historical romance, MM romance. Uh, I think it was 2015, I want to say. Mm. I was so. It was so weird, but, like, amazing at the same time. I was like, oh, my mm. God, it's a fanfic, but real, like, fiction, you know? Like, it's not right. about people, not about a character, but, like, new characters. It was so much fun for me. I, I remember I read, like, three novellas in one day, and I was, like, oh, so happy. And <laughs> that was basically the beginning for me. I read a lot of historical romance for, for some reason. I just mm. loved the whole, like, petticoats and stuff like that. Yeah, I like and, you. i read a lot of fanfics online and i got to know um fanfics.net yeah such an old website but i was there i was reading fanfics and stuff like that and then of course archives of our own it wasn't until college really that i met people who knew what i was talking about Mm -hmm. that my one of my best friends actually writes hannibal fanfics and she's amazing and i just (laughs) love how how like Fandom is, I mean, is does that thing where they just write amazing fanfics, and it's even sometimes better than the original canon. And you're just like, wow! So yeah, I mean, I, I hear what you
0: said. Fanfic often,
1: so, yeah. I guess, is a
0: great way to 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 getting into romance and writing yourself. I wrote my yeah. first
1: fanfic. It was a romance fanfic. I remember it was like Twilight. Fired. <laughs> it, so it was. It was a. I'm a, but in k-pop when you like a band you kind of like ship the people in the band it was very problematic i didn't know i was doing something <laughs> bad until i learned what real people think was and i was like okay i gotta stop that never gonna do that again i'm sorry oh and then but it was my first fanfic writing a vampire in, inspired by twilight and yeah. that's how i started with romance i just read i read twilight and i liked it a lot uh-huh. um yeah and I think it was like, duh for me. Like I could I my first like fiction, work of fiction was not even straight. It was just straight up like <laughs> two boys in love. It was just it was, you know? <laughs> like, I didn't even like, look at my own life I like, I want romance now. I was like, these two cute boys are gonna are gonna fall in love. It's just It was just so weirdly natural for me. You know? mm. Um, mm. And yeah, like writing, Romance, specific like uh, r- uh, romance, was all because I started reading, uh, author of col- authors of color, Twitter mm-hmm. especially like shined the light on people like Alyssa Cole and Courtney yeah. and of course I was reading also like uh, queer authors like Austin Chant. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did amazing work with Coffee Boy, and I just loved. I love the contemporary work they did where it's, like, not plot heavy, but there there's a very, a lot of, like, character development. So right, like, right. I fell in right. love with that kind of, like, fiction, you know, like, mm-hmm. where you don't have to, like, come up with a, an intricate plot where someone is solving a crime or solving a big <laughs> issue or, like, saving right, the right. family company or business. And it's, like, it's just two people can fall in love. And that's a book, you know? That's yeah, fun. yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So. Yeah. So that's, so your introduction to fan fiction and getting into kind of those boards and writing was pretty much your introduction to writing and romance writing. So what do you do full-time and and Uh, is is writing full-time or is this?
1: uh, Oh, no, it's not. uh, I'm a full-time teacher. I -hmm. work at an institute where I teach English as a second language. Okay. Okay. and I didn't start writing until 2018. Although I've written fanfics before when I was like a teen, I didn't start seriously like like paying attention to what I was writing until 2019, where I just I had schedules of like what to write every day. I plotted one book like three times. I rewrote it two times. It was it was a job for me, you know. Like I literally like wake up, write go to my day job, which it was in the afternoon, actually, and then come home and then write again, you know? I was just enamored with the whole, like, concept of being a writer. I was just, you know, doing yeah. it, I guess. Yeah. So,
0: so English as a second, English is not your primary language. No, that you no. eat, right? Is it Arabic? Or
1: are, you, are you speaking Arabic? Yeah, Arabic. Is my, yeah, I do. I speak Arabic. Main, uh, like, I mainly speak English, though. I'm a bad Arabic speaker. you can believe that. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm. So you write as well. Excuse me.
0: You're writing. I, in English. I write.
1: I don't write in Arabic. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mainly write in English. I don't know how to write in Arabic. I don't think. Okay. Although I have written in Arabic some stories when I was really young, like twelve or eleven. <laughs> but but so I how, never finished those. So.
0: Yeah. So how is it writing <laughs> as? as like a non-native quote unquote English speaker, although to be quite honest, I wouldn't I wouldn't know that. Not I mean by talking to you, but as a non native (laughs) English speaker, is it difficult to write romance
1: sometimes? It's hard. It's hard. Like just writing in of itself is very hard because growing up, I thought my English was great, but then I'm writing and I suddenly don't know any verbs or any adjectives. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there like, what's the word for when you do this? Like, I would literally sit with my friends and be like, hey, what do you call this action? Or like, mime it, you know? Like, so and then they they would not understand because I'm just making bullshit. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I'm just making nonsense uh, like uh, figures of my face. I'm like, it's 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 hard because like. Uh, you know, like, you don't get taught like, like, I don't speak English that's, like, you know, like a native speaker's English and I don't mm-hmm. know some, like, like, some things, sayings, like, I have to Google a lot of, like, what does this idiom mean? That kind of right. stuff, like, right, And which makes, sometimes it makes my writing feel not real. Mm-hmm. I've noticed people saying that the conversations my characters have don't sound real, and I'm like, Okay, I guess I guess they're
0: not <laughs> real.
1: They are
0: fictional, but I get it. I okay. get it. Okay. <laughs> so you, so so you, you're one to read the read the criticism or or or, or feedback online for your writing. I, I personally can't do it. I, mean, I don't have anything out there really, but I, I personally can't do it. How, how I mean, do you? I,
1: I shouldn't. I probably shouldn't. But <laughs> I try to like. I I read I read comments like if if the thing comes up on my timeline I mean I follow a lot of bloggers and I I had even a blogger tour for my second release Grams Delicacies mm-hmm. and I just loved being in being a part of the tour you know like the reviewers were invited me to come and check their reviews and stuff like that those I read and I commented and I retweeted and I loved uh, mm-hmm. but the ones that aren't like sent to me. I do read them but I don't react to them you know like I don't mm-hmm. react like in the like I want to like re- or, like link to them or even vague tweet about them or subtweet or whatever I just mm-hmm. think they are part of the reviewers opinion and that's absolutely valid but I do however try and take it in as kind of like something to help me mm-hmm. because I want to get better at English and I want to get better at writing mm-hmm. so For example, when um, I saw this comment in one of the reviews that said I used the characters' names too many times, and I was like, I did not know I did that. You know? (laughs) I'm writing um, FF Romance, and the mm-hmm. like it's a third person, the female character is a, a woman, and like there's another woman, and I'm like, how will we distinguish between the pronouns and stuff like that? Right. So, like, that became a really interesting uh thing for me to yeah, pay attention to. You can't, you to, can't but, like, go around
0: saying she did with you know, she is and then she yeah. did, and she that and her this because you get confused.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's why like sometimes I have to like read it aloud to myself to, like. Mm-hmm. And so, this being the the person who's writing the the thing, it's very confusing because, like, you know who's doing what, but the reader is not going to know. So you have to get out of your own head and, like, look at it from a reader's perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also started dabbling with first person because of this issue, especially because I was writing a non-binary character and I didn't want to under the character in any way possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. And... And that was so much fun, actually. Like I liked writing in first person so much. Like it was, it, it even made the words come out easier. It felt like, mm-hmm. it felt like I was giving this character everything that I had, which they mm-hmm. deserve. You know?
0: mm. So you like playing around and kind of like, uh, mm, yeah, characters with gender and 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 and, and uh, expression and and, and, yes, yes. and I things like that. that. I like that.
1: I did that uh, like mainly with Graham's Delicacies. Like, I had a, m- a minor character in South and South that was non-binary, and I really wanted to write their story. W- that was the book that I wrote tw- three times in 2019. <laughs> yeah, and I actually like, memorized those characters and I fell in love with them. Mm-hmm. And When I wrote Graham's Delicacies, I was like, okay, I'm going to write a main character that's non-binary. It's going to be their point of view. It was a challenge for myself, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to get it done. I wanted to have the kind of like queer representation that's like casual and it's not like emphasized and it's not like an issue at all. Right. And, and the book honestly made me the happiest person I was writing. I was literally writing 4,000 words a day because I was so wow. happy and excited and like I wanted to get all the softness out of me and like this fluffy ca- like scenes. And I remember I had a friend who was reading the the my writing at the same time I was writing it. And her reaction to some of the cute stuff that I wrote was, like, it propelled me forward. Like, it made me, like, write even more. Mm-hmm. What, what started as a 7,000 piece that was, like, a, a kind of like a gift to her turned out to mm-hmm. be an entire book. It was just so much fun.
0: Wow. So so the Graham's Delicacies, which is your latest work, is a yeah. short story. And, and a story um,
1: collection. Short, short story collection,
0: right. So you yeah. have, like, all these different kind of – uh queer relationships that are um kind of being yeah um explore and they're all these people in the same bakery right so how yeah, did you yeah. develop kind of this world of six people in a bakery you know did you kind of <laughs> develop that before you started writing or
1: not or? at all not <laughs> at all because this book was absolutely a panther's book you know what that means like like I didn't plan any of it I just uh, wanted to i was rereading some some portions of soft and soft and i came across this character called jen and she worked at the bakery that the main characters from that book went on a date to and i was like maybe this place has a story and these workers yeah. have a story and mm. i thought okay maybe jen has a cute non-binary uh, envy friend and i was like i was exploring my own gender identity at the time mm-hmm. and i, I wrote uh, I was thinking maybe non-binary people should have representation where they're not like, you know, androgynous. Maybe mm-hmm. this baker is fem. femme. This baker mm-hmm. is fat, you know? Maybe this baker has four cats, you know? Because cats <laughs> and then it somehow became a story and I wrote, I wrote a really filthy scene and I was really happy with it. And I showed my friend and she was like, this is great. But then as I was writing, these two more guys showed up. One was called James. He had another name, but I like James so much. Uh, oh, I tell you why he changed the name. His name was, I think it was Marcus. But then I changed yeah. it because the other guy was Sam. And my friend was like, haha, Sam, like Sam Wilson, you know, from Captain America. And, yeah. I, was like, no. <laughs> and I shipped what? I shipped Bucky and Sam. So I was like, maybe I'm going to change Marcus's name to James. And <laughs> she was, enjo- <laughs> my friend was enjoying this a lot. So I was like, you know what? Done. I've changed it. It's done. It's and she was like, is this fanfic? I'm like, no, it's not. It's not <laughs> but yeah, like James and Sam had the, the, this whole like pining relationship. And was my first time writing actually cis male, male romance. Mm. I was really worried about the whole like not trying to fill in any positions because I was not, I'm not a like, you know, male, um, a male writer and I didn't want to take <clears throat> anyone's face. But I, I loved how like, their story was so, so sweet. It was just so full of, like, repressed, uh, like, emotions. And, like, the main character was always, like, pining. And, like, I liked writing him a lot. And then, you know, because I wrote him, there was another character who was another baker, a non-binary this time. And I was like, okay, maybe this this person needs to have a little, like, action in their life. And I wrote him. <laughs> I wrote them as, like, this, like, um, they have a one-night stand with this blogger, a food blogger, who, who talks bad about the bakery and gets them a lot of bad publicity, and this baker, who is really proud... Does not like it at all, and they show up to this uh, to this bloggers hangout, and they're like, "Here's your cake that they never that the guy never received to begin with because of, of delayed the delivery," and they were like, "Here's your cake," and then they walk away all like, "Awesome and stuff." Well, they're not really awesome because they're like nervous and stuff, but yeah, I just felt like I was I was just having the best of time writing about these characters,
0: mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. by the
1: way, in the Alex, the non-binary baker. Mm -hmm. I wrote, I wrote them as uh, uh, fat and as as proud as they can be of their own identity. Like they Mm -hmm. had long hair, they wore lingerie, they were really bad with time management, but they were, you know, they were very uh, loyal to their little brother, which I really Mm -hmm. liked. I like, I like the idea of of writing LGBT characters who are. Who are set in their identities? Who know mm. who exactly who they are, and they know mm. exactly what they are doing with, with their lives. But things can still be messy for them, you know. Mm. Like it was, it was a very fun experience writing that book. It was just so much fun. Every short story was just me like calculating, like as I typed every little <laughs> tiny moment, so I was like, oh, they kissed, and then it was fireworks, and yeah, it was it was a, it was fun.
0: Yeah, awesome. <laughs> so these these characters I mean they they tend to be a broad array of of people that you're kind of pulling from culturally and uh gender wise and things like that but your specific gender and cultural identities how much of that are you putting into the writing as well
1: um I think I'm still I'm still worried about putting my own experiences in a book and Mm -hmm. because you can always there will always be someone who will not like it. And as uh, I haven't really put a Muslim character, that's exactly me or my experience yet, because. I, my own identity and my own experiences with Islam and gender and stuff, it's very all complicated. And I feel mm-hmm. like I'll need at least a minimum of five characters who will take each part <laughs> of me and just explore, you know? Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm cur- uh, I, think I did with uh, Emily, one of the characters from Grounds Delicacies, what I wanted to do is explore what if this non-binary person is also feminine and they use she and they, they pronouns depending on the people they're with. And mm-hmm. I really liked I really liked that concept, and it helped me uh, embrace the part of me that's feminine and uh, likes mm-hmm. to be called she, but by certain people. But then with time, as I explored my identity, it it came true to me that I wasn't really rejecting gender as much as I was rejecting society's uh, mold of what it is to be a woman. And mm-hmm. I realized I wasn't really non-binary it didn't make me comfortable anymore to be called to be identified as that Mm -hmm. but i i came to terms with that i am cis and just i had a lot of issues with my uh image and like what Mm -hmm. it is to be a a woman especially in my society Mm -hmm. and culture and and with the whole world Uh, too, because, like, the way the world perceives you, like, just because I wear hijab, I'm immediately, like, a woman, the way I put makeup, it's, uh, it's just, it basically labels you with everything that you do, like, if you put on makeup, you're, like, feminine and, like, girly and stuff like that, yeah, Yeah. yeah, which which doesn't make sense at all, because, like, when I put on makeup, I'm not trying, I'm not, like, doing a hyper femininity i'm just you know like playing with colors and stuff like that right 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 but, but right. of course labels are everywhere it's just you can't do anything without being labeled by, I, I,
0: I will say this as as a person who as a reader of romance and as a person who desires different to read about different experiences and i'm not trying to tell you what to do of course but mm-hmm. as a person who desires. Uh, to read about different experience, life experiences, lived experiences, I think I think you would do a great service to those women who are very. There are very much women like you out there who are exploring these different things about them, who wear the hijab, who are Muslim, who are are have these kind of intersecting identities, who are who are you know, and trying to embrace being thin and queer and all of these other things. I think writing characters that are very much not saying you want to write something autobiographical, but we all put a little bit of ourselves in our characters. So but if you write someone that's similar to that, you don't know who you'd be touching, you know, with that character who will be who will be reading that and saying, oh, you know, I see myself. For the first time, I see myself. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I felt that way when, you know, I read, you know, several books growing up, you know, um, Alice Walker and Terry McMillan and some people like that, you know, able to see people that were so similar to myself. Um, I didn't grow up reading a lot of young adult fiction, but, you know, we didn't really have a lot of that growing up, especially not, you know, as as a teen. I think I may have There might have been Mildred Taylor who wrote, you know, the whole Let the Circle Be Unbroken um, series, but there weren't many girls who were like me, who were, you know, a little bit tomboyish, but a little bit, you know, you know, femme that who liked, you know, boys and, you know, Mm -hmm. was exploring themselves. And, you know, I think it would have opened me up had I read something in the romance field, you know, about. Someone that looked a whole lot like me. Nowadays, I can I can find women who are, you know, black and wear with natural hair and dark skin and plus size in these books now, and I feel yeah, so motivated. So I, I really want to thank. Yeah. yeah, I want to say to encourage you, to hey, put that out there. You never know yeah. who's going to be touched <laughs> by that.
1: Yeah, but it's, you see, it's like I'm I'm very much a beginner at writing in itself, and I read mm. this amazing advice that. Even if you have this book in your heart or in your mind that you want to write, that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean now is the time to write it. And I kind of like Mm internalize this idea that Mm -hmm. I should wait until my my writing is much better where I can bring Mm -hmm. the story to life and, you know, give it give it what it's worth, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's what I want to do like I'm not stop I'm not gonna like stop writing at all or never write a character that's like me Mm -hmm. but I want to explore some things that are a bit easier to handle because I feel if I talked about my own experience in a character it would become very like emotional and hard and I (laughs) want to be be more therapy than writing (laughs) exactly and I would need to like I'll I'll need to be a better writer to do that and I think right now I'm not a a bad writer as it is but I'm like I'm not as good as I want to be so that's why I'm like researching a lot reading a lot exploring what I like about romance what I love to see like I love emotional emotional books I love emotional books that explore a lot about sexuality and also about like family chosen family especially is a huge topic which I love to write uh, read Mm -hmm. and write about and there are so many authors right now that are just my absolute faves that I just whenever I read their books I just I just have this moment of like yes this is exactly how I want to write but of Mm -hmm. course give it my own spin you know
0: right so as you're writing as as you feel like you're more of an aspiring writer your books were self-published right
1: yeah but awesome. I, i've also said this i've also heard this advice not to call yourself aspiring just oh yeah yeah, yeah of course yeah but yeah i, I definitely think i'm like a beginning beginner writer i'm only 24 and mm. i feel like i'll be much i'll be much more experienced if i continue doing this as i go of course of course yeah of course of but- course so um, amazing 24-year-olds, like Talia Hibbert writing amazing stuff. And, you know, <laughs> and I'm, like, looking at her, and I'm, like, she's amazing. And she's...
0: I, I, I absolutely love Get a Life, Chloe Brown. I love oh, that uh, book. Yeah. It was so good. It was so good. It was one of my faves of the year, for sure. For oh,
1: sure. that's so good to hear. I loved Chloe and Red. I actually... Um, was i worked with talia before as a sort of her editor before and i just oh, wow. love the way she writes characters yeah uh, her self-published pub, uh, books i love the way she writes banter and character and how they're just mm. like so much inner sexual turmoil happening and, like, <laughs> between, between every said line the character experiences a, a religious sexual experience and i like <laughs> I love that. I love how she just like lets her character be as messy as they like. <laughs>
0: wow, wow. I didn't know you had like, a sort of a working relationship with, with Talia Hibber. That's cool.
1: It, it's been low key. I've I, so it, I think it was 2018 when I started working with her. I, I like uh she hired me as an editor. It was so much fun. Oh, nice. it was it was Ramadan as well, and she was like, "I hope I'm not ruining your fasting by sending you a filthy manuscript." <laughs> I was like, "I was like, go ahead, ruin everything. I don't really mind." I was a huge fan of hers, and when she like contacted me, I was screaming. I now call her my best friend, and she allows okay. it, so that's fun.
0: <laughs> that's nice. So, do you have besides her? Do you have any other kind of mentors in the romance community or people that you kind of like? lean on maybe they're your beta readers or have you like have you like strive to get like community within the within the um romance community
1: I did mention a friend, uh, her name is Paki as well, uh, 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 Paki, she goes by Little Lovely on Twitter. Yeah. She's not really part of the writing community, but she's a huge reader, and the way she loves books is just so much fun, like we can talk about one sort of book for ages, and like, I, she once encouraged me to write fanfic about this, uh, do you know uh, uh, Kit Roka, I think I'm saying it wrong? Kitoka um, wrote a uh, post um, post apocalyptic series called Gideon's Rider uh, Riders, and I came familiar, up with like, yeah. But it, the, uh, I think Paki was the uh, one, one of my friends I uh, I got because of that series, and she encouraged me to write fanfics, I remember I was writing like really pornographic stuff in her DMs, <laughs> and it was like the beginning of a flourishing friendship. She's one of I like do. the most important people in my in my writing circle. Also, my, my friend, you know, I also mm-hmm. have another friend called uh, Natalie Peltier. She's uh, she's agented, but she hasn't gotten anything published yet. But her work is amazing. I had the chance to become to be her beta reader for one of her manuscripts, and she's amazing. Her, her, I'm going to be interviewing her this week, so that would be awesome. That is awesome. She told me that she was going to be on your podcast, and I was really excited for that because uh, Nat, uh, Nat really helped me with a lot of things. Uh, awesome. Also, she, she also read Grands Delicacies, and she was really hyped up about it, and she's she's amazing. But uh, honestly, to me, because I'm, like, not an English speaker, and I live in the Middle East, it's been very hard to find like writing friends, friends, you know, like people who are on the same timeline, time zone, I mean, we're all on the same timeline, unfortunately, but yeah, (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, I've done some uh, writing sprints with Corey Alexander, uh, who writes as Zen, um, Zen West, yeah. And they're really fun, too. I, I remember sending them a lot of, uh, oh, I just thought of this really ridiculous historical romance, MM romance uh, plot, and they would just applaud me and just like go, go ahead, write it. And I, and I won't write, I will not write it because I'm bad as a writer. And yeah, I just, yeah. I just, I think I love talking about writing more than I actually like writing. <laughs> no, well, but I, yeah. think,
0: I think I think I read I read excerpt the excerpt from your book because I did I did buy it um, on Kindle, so I haven't Thank finished you. it. Um, but I, I don't. I, I wouldn't say that. I, I definitely think you have something <laughs> very unique and, and a different perspective that people want to hear. So I yeah. I yeah, you're definitely you're definitely a writer that people should be kind of looking out for and kind of paying attention to yeah I definitely <laughs> like what she's written so far like I said I, everybody I've interviewed so far bought their work um, it was a couple people there on sub- submission right now so they're not really like um, not really uh, out there yet but I did buy yesterday I interviewed Mona Shroff so she she her first book came out in January and I was just, like, amazed at, you know, the depth in which, you know, she's and the things that she's gone through as kind of an Indian-American um, yeah. woman. So, I mean, I think the community, particularly Twitter, has been amazing yeah. for, like, uh, developing, like, when you're, when you feel like you're alone there, there is somebody out there that's, that's like, Hey, I, you know, I'm going through the same thing, you know, and I think social media particularly has, especially during this time during quarantine has really like um, helped kind of broaden your idea of what community looks like is particularly for writers. Cause it can be so solitary um, and such oh, a solitary, yeah. um, long process. Um, yeah. So when, when you're writing it in your own process, um, what are some of like the hardest things to write? Hardest things to write in your books?
1: Um, I definitely um, find it hard to write family. That's bi- biological family. I mean, because as you said, I have such a, a unique experience of being Muslim, a woman, and a queer, and living in the Middle East. Mm. Um, I'm ba- I'm basically closeted times eight hundred, and it, it's mm. just hard. Writing Biological Families, it's very weird for me because I'm like, okay, should they be with or against? Why shouldn't they be against? Why shouldn't they be with? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, while writing Soft and Soft, I wrote a mom character and I immediately wanted her to be LGBT because otherwise I would have to delve into the topic of, like, Arab mom not accepting. And it just Mm -hmm. made me feel very anxious and sad about my Mm -hmm. own situation. Mm -hmm. And I just, I did not want queer readers who are looking for something cute and lovely and not they don't want to like talk about their own issues like a lot of people are closeted and they don't even consider ever coming out
0: like Mm. myself
1: and I just didn't want to deal with the whole topic although Mm. although it's not very realistic to write about a utopian situation where everyone is okay with with identities and everyone is okay with uh their their kids being queer and stuff there are mm-hmm. situations like that but it's not everyone's situation and mm-hmm. i know r- i rather write for that one person who is in a shitty place uh, i'm sorry who's in a very no, no, negative no, place no, <laughs> yeah who's in that shitty place than write for uh, like a hundred that are okay and happy in their lives right. because because i um that situation Ooh. so it's not like I'm writing for myself but it's like when I want to read something happy and like soft and like something marketed as exactly as it is I don't want to read about a, a disapproving mom or a, or a character who got disowned like a lot of things that we don't see in in uh, marketed stuff it's like Some books have so many heavy topics like or just a tiny thing where, oh, this is a transgender character who gets misgendered three times by three different people. It's just it's just not something you are ready for, especially if you're just starting to explore with your gender. You don't want to see that, especially Mm -hmm. in your fiction. Mm -hmm. And this is what I wanted to I wanted to create a world that was just absolutely free from bigotry. And it's, it might not be everyone's choice of a world, but it's what right. my characters deserve. You know, like I was thinking, why should I write a character who who engages in hardships? There's, they can be still be strong even if they are, you know, happy and even if they are, you know, accepted. So, I
0: remember, yeah, I I I hear you. I think, I think particularly for people of color yeah I think a lot of the publishing industry kind of like even if it's a romance, they want like a little tinge of like you know some sort of hardship going on in the in the in the story to kind of make it palatable or marketable to broader audiences who kind of only see people of color as suffering, I guess. yeah, and I remember um, going to a um, book festival over the summer and Jasmine Guillory was there, the writer.
1: Yeah, and I
0: know I absolutely adore Jasmine Guillory and she said that, you know, somebody asked her, you know, what what motivates you to write these characters who always get happy endings? And she said because black women deserve happy endings. True. Like we deserve joy and we deserve happy endings. I don't want, I don't want to have to just be writing self-suffering. I want to write sweet happy romances because we deserve that too. And I I, I kind of internalized that and i was like, you know what? I'm not going to write a character who's self-suffering all the time. She can be fat, she can be, um, you know, this and that, but she does not have to be self-suffering. I'm not going to write somebody who is is, is suffering um, exactly. and, and, and not having the joy in their life just to get it, you know, to make it palatable. Mm-hmm.
1: I agree audience. with
0: you 100%. Yeah, so do you feel like there's pressure to kind of make um, your cultural experience... Uh, palatable to like a broader audience you know who want to see have can kind of have a narrow view of what uh Muslim women are like
1: I mean there is I, I haven't personally experienced this in my own publishing career so far mm-hmm. because uh, as I said when I read reviews I don't like engage with them or anything but and yeah. I haven't seen anything like that but I think I've internalized it anyway because of the work I read and mm-hmm. a lot of the books that I read, sometimes the, I don't want to say that authors of color get, uh, get pushed towards certain uh, like narratives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the the books that I've read that I've loved the most where women of color, black women, like Asian women and Indian women, they are happiest when the the, the plot doesn't deal entirely about their like race or even gender mm-hmm. sometimes the issue about like sexism in books is that it's exhausting to read about because right. i have to deal with this in real life i have to deal with this in mm-hmm. fiction when can mm-hmm. i be free of it you know mm-hmm. like i would i would walk into a book expecting oh cute romance on the beach but then turns out the main character has to deal with uh, like sexual harassment or it has to deal with a passing parent or a cheating mm-hmm. parent Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, okay, I did not want any of that, but okay. <laughs> right, right. Right. <laughs> but right. I personally, I want to push myself towards writing characters who are not dealing with just how their marginalizations is ruining their life. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to write a person who is miserable because they're Muslim or right. because the world is making them miserable. I want to write right. a character who is, for example, bad at opening themselves up to new things or a person who is so anxious that they can't, put themselves in good situations or mm-hmm. a character who has still hasn't dealt with the passing of their father or something like that like it like i don't want to make it something you can't control who you are you can't control that you're fat that you're queer that you are muslim that you are you know hijabi that you are black mm-hmm. white or mm-hmm. you can't control that you're a person of color i mean white people don't really experience much, no, much hard <laughs> know, yeah and I don't want that those things to be the reason someone is miserable. Like, it's just, it's just not something I like because you can't help it. You can't change anything. Like a fat girl will not exercise for a month and then all of her issues will be gone. No, absolutely not. I right. want right, fat girls who don't have to exercise, who don't have to watch what they eat, who don't have to cry because nothing in the shopping mall fits them. Like, they I don't, don't want care. That. Right. They don't care yeah yeah like like yeah. there should be maybe my next project will be about a woman who falls in love with a guy who makes her clothes maybe that will be the fun thing you know <laughs> and, and he tells her you'll never have to cry over at h m because i'll be your HM. and m you
0: might yeah. need to write that down before somebody steals it <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: you, yeah. you can have the h maybe h yeah, and be the book title or something. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'll get sued for using. It. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> talking, talking,
0: like,
1: yeah. That's very dangerous. Um, but yeah, yeah. like I, I don't like I don't like when marginalization is the reason a character is unhappy mm-hmm. or that the cast address the whole like oh you're Muslim and and the queer at the same time. How is that gonna happen? Like I remember one of the times when I was talking about my own. Gender identity at at university, and this guy was like, "How can you be you and be they them?" And I was like, "Shut up!"
0: Right, <laughs> like,
1: right, right. I just told him, "Shut up! That's none of your business." And that made me feel so happy because yeah. I, I hated that guy, and for, second of all, <laughs> he has no right to talk to me about my identity. I mean, right, I you whatever.
0: You want, yeah. like... <laughs> right, right. Right. So, it, self-publishing has been your route so far. Do yeah. you feel like you want to eventually be agented? Yes, I do.
1: Okay. Because it's not just about, it's because, um because being a traditional published, or so I've, I've, uh, I've, uh, I've concluded for myself, it's, you have a support team. It's not always yeah. going to be a very supportive team, because let's be mm-hmm. real, there has to be a lot of change in the industry as it is so marginalized (laughs) writers like me and other people can have the support team they deserve Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i feel like i need that kind of support team because i'm not a native speaker and i Mm -hmm. want to have people who would be like hey you used the apostrophe wrong and uh you used weird uh saying here that's not even arabic or english what are you writing you know (laughs) right, right I need help like that. And I am such a self-conscious person. It makes me cringe to just, like, ask someone to read my writing and, like, critique it. Mm-hmm. Like, going like because if, if they give you one critique, I'll just fall fall apart. I'll just, like, break <laughs> that. It's, it's half being Virgo and half being myself. So it's, like, uh-huh. very, very difficult to ask for critique. But, yeah, I would love to be agented one day because, I mean, come on. That person will be your personal cheerleader, you know? Like right, that right. Would right.
0: Right, they're they're right. They're and a good (laughs) agent, as a person of color, what are you looking for in an agent? Do you want someone who? And I forgot who I asked this question to, um. But you don't want somebody who's going to fight you every step of the way, or who's not going to understand certain cultural nuances that you're writing about. So, what's important for you in finding? Because you know, agent has agents have author wish lists. But I think uh, authors should also have agent wish lists so what, what do you have as far as your agent wish list as, as far as the agent that you like to watch? Is
1: it, um? I don't know if I should just say it out loud but like I, I I'll not name names but I follow a lot of agents and I like there were mutuals on Twitter and right. like I don't know I just feel this rush whenever they like a, a, a story that I uh, I come up with in like five minutes while I was watching a movie you know like mm-hmm. like I just like think oh what if I actually write this book and this uh, dream agent of mine likes it and you know like that would be a like a dream team you know mm-hmm. but like I definitely want to be agented by someone who is a person of color or at least shares I think um racial um, identity mm. is so important like I, I don't mm. think I don't think a person who's not been prejudiced against because of the color of their skin is going to understand my stories because mm. I'm, I'm writing about people who you know are not white well, I'm. I, I don't think I can even write about white people because I've never even experienced, Mm -hmm. I don't even know how they live or like (laughs) what's like, I can't write about a character who's not going to take their shoes off inside. It's just not okay. Yeah. You know? But at the same yeah. time, I don't want to write that, oh, she walked in, she took off her shoes, because in my head, taking your shoes off is just natural. Right, <laughs> I right, know. right, right. Maybe right. I'm just projecting so much of my own Arab culture like, like we... No, no, no. I get it. I get it. <laughs>
0: but I think the difficulty of that is so much of the publishing industry, the Western publishing industry, yeah. is... Like- it's very uh kind of middle class white woman run mm-hmm. And I, I, I've heard from other authors that it, it's been it, sometimes it's sometimes difficult to kind of um, find someone who's kind of gets it. but I think it's changing now because
1: yeah, you know, it, it
0: works, is I, I push so much yeah.
1: I see a lot of um, agents of color on Twitter and I'm just like you know, they're participating in some of the pitches that happen, pitch contests. Mm-hmm. and it's just like you know like i wish someday i'll be a, a good enough reader a writer to snag someone's attention i i feel like it's even more important to me than marriage because like this agent <laughs> will be even better to me than a husband <laughs> 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 i mean an agent will get my book published what can a husband do really <laughs> unless he's a publisher but you know <laughs> I mean, Unless he was like you know a conscientious millionaire, then okay,
0: yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he's <laughs> a good person, let's
1: not yeah. talk about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so as you're as you're writing as as you're trying to get your work out there, um, and I know you say you teach as well. How do you how do you balance the time to to write and, and teach and stuff? Well,
1: um. I did mention I was a Virgo, right? Um, I think I literally don't know any other way except scheduling everything that I do. I'm not even, like, talking about, oh, Sundays are for this. I'm like, no. Like, I had, like, timetables. Like, wake up, do this personal thing for an hour, and then on the computer, you know? Just write, 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 write. Because um, to me, it's, like, I felt like uh if I write a million words then I'm like one percent better at writing and mm. I that I think it's probably flawed a way, a flawed way of thinking but I was just thinking if I worked hard at it I'll definitely get better it's like when you first start learning how to drive you're not really good at it until you're right. literally like 21 hours or something right and I'm still a, not a great driver, but I'm a competent, safe driver and I wanna be a competent, safe writer. you know? So yeah. it's, I, I like scheduling. I like having, I, I like journaling as well. Um, mm-hmm. with, with the work, the great thing about my work is that I work for five hours a day, which is not a oh, lot. Wow. But I don't <laughs> have any breaks during my classes, like like between each every class. So I have to be on all the time while I'm working. Right. So when I get home, I'm really exhausted. That's why I I made sure that I got my writing done in the mornings mm-hmm. or afternoon before I have to go to work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, have, I definitely have a privileged way of, like, of work. Like, I, my workplace is very close to me. Um, the hours are great. Uh, I have a day off, I guess, which helps me. You know, relax. Mm-hmm. But when it came to writing, I loved writing with friends, like going to a coffee, a coffee house and just like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, spending a lot of money on sh- uh, sugar. sugar. <laughs> like my drinks were mostly like 90% sugar and 5% coffee and the rest, <laughs> was, the rest was ice, you know. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So has, I remember
0: has writing, your writing schedule been difficult during Ramadan?
1: Um, actually, I haven't been doing much writing this year, because I'm, I'm focusing on more on reading and like researching and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last year, I remember in Ramadan, uh, what I did was, I I, 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 I think I scheduled myself the same way I, I basically ignored everything else except for writing. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, what's great is that my workplace closed for Ramadan. So I had two weeks off, which was oh, okay. Yeah, I read a lot during those day, time off during that time off. So, yeah, mm. the thing about me is that I'm a quick writer. So, mm-hmm. like, I can turn out 60,000 words in two weeks. It's wow. Well, I and, wish. Yeah, <laughs> I wish. Yeah, my, fr- my friend has called me a word monster or word <laughs> counselor monster yeah that's what mm-hmm. she called me and I was like I totally agree with you I love I love the whole like oh look at words that are on the screen it's just it's mm-hmm. so aesthetically satisfying you know the mm-hmm. sound of, mm-hmm. I sound so pretentious right now but yeah <laughs> I'm not saying any of the 400,000 words that I've, I've written last year were any good but they were very fun <laughs>
0: yeah 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 so um what do you think after it's all said and done, what do you think literary success looks like to you what's been the most like rewarding thing since you know you self-published your books or Honestly, what think, yeah
1: I'm gonna sound really weird but like there was this uh, event where the ripped the ripped bodice I, the shop I think it's called that ripped bodice had a uh, sort of like a festival or something uh-huh. and they had copies of my actual books they had copies oh my of God. my books and in one of the pictures, Alyssa Cole in person was sitting, and my book was behind her. That was oh the god. best thing ever. Oh I my god! I cried when I saw that. Uh, and like, um, I think one of the sisters—I uh, think it was Leah—had uh, had an Instagram live, and she was showing off the books. And it was one of my books that was there, and I was like screaming, "Yeah!" Because Alyssa Cole and my book were in the same room. It was oh really good. wow,
0: <laughs> wow. I mean,
1: I mean, and recently my book was was, uh, featured in a podcast where another one of my favorite authors, Ruby Lang was talking Mm. about it Mm. and she called it soft and cute. So like, I'm okay, I'm set for life. Yeah, (laughs) wow, wow. Getting agented and and, like traditionally published and maybe having, um, you know, a a sign. I I don't know. I don't really want to do the whole signing things because I'm really awkward. I don't think I'll do it here, you know. (laughs) is <laughs> very great at accepting romance, especially the romance I'm writing. Anyways, right. But yeah, right. it would be great if like Alyssa Cole just read my book and said it's nice. <laughs> if you put it out there, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you,
0: know, she's you so never know. I might, I might, I might have to tweet her and and, and say, hey, Psst, Alyssa, you know. <laughs> oh <me."> no! Oh no! <laughs> I, but, I mean,
1: I'm it's so. enough that like Talia Hibbert has has been one of the people who like actually helped me keep writing she just Mm -hmm. told me to like i i was uh i think it was uh, like two months after soft and soft came out i was feeling really self-conscious about the book i was like it's not good i want to take it out Mm -hmm. i mean take it see i can't even talk uh i wanted (laughs) to remove it from the the history of the world but then she was like no keep it on No, let's be there people want it and i was like okay and i left it and Yeah. yeah And, like, another one of my favorite writers, Cole McCade, has given me such amazing, like, feedback. He keeps telling me that my writing is, is like, homey or... It's not not in a bad way. I mean, I can't quote him right now because, like, I'll have to, like, pull up uh, emails and stuff. But he's given me so much, like, comfort. I recently wrote him a fanfic about his characters It was really cute, and he said something so nice that, and the the kind of like he he said that I gave him the character back. It was just so nice. Like it's like the highest kind of compliment you can give a fanfic writer. I'm not a fanfic writer because I I don't know how to write fanfics anymore. But it made me feel good because like when people you admire so much like pay attention to you like a teeny tiny bit, it's like. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I have a lot of like mommy issues or daddy issues. That's why I crave, I crave attention that way. <laughs> but, yeah, it was. It was. I think so, most writers
0: yeah. crave attention. We wouldn't write if we didn't want attention. So. Exactly. Oh
1: yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, I mean, why else write if we don't want attention? Exactly. Right. Right. <laughs> so okay. So
0: in this final segment of the of the podcast. And it seems like we we've only been talking a short minute, but <laughs> it's fine. I'm gonna ask you like some rapid fire questions. Oh and sure. I just want you to give me like the first thing on the top of that comes to the top of your head. Okay, okay. you ready? All right. all right. So your favorite book as a kid?
1: Twilight. Oh God.
0: Twilight. You did mention that. Um, <laughs>
1: you like writing
0: heroes or villains?
1: Uh, heroes definitely. I mean, good people. People just like you know. Are my kink? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um, is it harder to write love scenes or dramatic arguments?
1: I, I think love scenes are harder mm-hmm. because, like, are they too cheesy? Is this too much? Is it like, are they? Is it like enough? Is it too much? I don't know. It's just it's very hard to get the. Balance arguments are fun to write, though. Well, they fun. are. I, I, I tell yeah. people I like to write
0: arguments more than I do love scenes.
1: Oh god! Um, it's just writing characters who didn't like each other immediately—it's just so good. You just like, yes. yeah, cuss them out, call them yeah. out, like, <laughs> attack, attack their family if you have to.
0: <laughs> although, although, sometimes they don't translate well. What's their? What's your yeah.
1: favorite? Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. What's your favorite? Um, book that has been made into a movie?
1: Oh. oh this is really- What do you think
0: is the best book that has been translated into a movie?
1: I think I really liked All the Boys I've Loved before. Mm. I, th- I thought the movie was really fun. I read the book when I was really young. It was like 2014 I think and that was I liked the movie a lot the way it translated the 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 scenes the characters the the chemistry between the actors that was really fun I like
0: that one yeah where's your favorite place to write uh my bedroom bedroom um if you get like a huge advance what do you think would be your biggest purchase that you make
1: um. Oh, God, I don't know. Oh, can I buy, like, uh, years of service? Like, uh, retirement. I'll set myself <laughs> up for retirement. Yes, I will. So I'll never have to work again. <laughs> oh, nice.
0: <laughs> uh, we we <laughs> talked a little bit about this, but book reviews to read or not to read?
1: Uh, ideally not to read, but <laughs> I'm, I'm a nosy. I'm nosy, you know.
0: <laughs> the last romance book that you read?
1: Oh, and loved or just read?
0: Or, or read, just read.
1: Uh, I'm currently reading um, Beach Read by, I think it's Emily Henry. I'm mm-hmm. not sure entirely. Yeah, it's fun. Okay. But it's heavy. It's heavy, you know? It's like, it's cartoon cover, but it's like the top, the the content is tiring <laughs> a bit. Uh, mm. yeah. Does
0: music help you write, yes or no? Yes. What kind of music do you listen to?
1: Oh, I listen to everything. I like um, Doja Cat recently. Like it's just so, <laughs> it's just so sexy. Her, her singing is just so sexy. It's just so much fun. I like um, I like Ruel for those intense uh, rocky vibes. Oh, I wow. also like I like Marina and the Diamonds. She makes me write really fun characters. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I like pop music a lot. It's just. Okay. Dua Lipa recently has been a fave
0: too, yeah. Oh, I like Dua Lipa, she's cool.
1: Yeah, her oh. latest album is so much fun.
0: Yeah, I have to listen to it, I haven't listened to it yet. Uh,
1: give it a listen, and just like, notice how your body just wants to get up and down. It's just automatic.
0: Mm. <laughs> is there a book that you wish you would have written?
1: Oh God. Recently, yes. Uh, the Worst Best Man by Mia Sosa. Such a delight of a book. It's the perfect rom-com I swear and I haven't read that
0: book up. I'm going to have to get it now.
1: do it it's just so good it has compelling characters hilarious shenanigans the plot is so much fun she's a wedding planner he's he's the marketing buddy of hers she almost married his brother he was the man to tell her that his brother is not gonna marry her it was a mess i loved it but also those sex scenes were so well written i was literally steaming (laughs) i was like this is so good i need to um i need to take a break i need to get some water (laughs) like i read it i read it in a day and a half and i got so mad at myself for finishing it so quickly i was like no i want more and it has just such emotionally adult characters Mm. who still needed some growth you know like Mm. it was just so good like it was diverse but Mm. also the, the the characters like marginalized identity were not the reason why they had difficulty getting a happily ever after like it was just so good it was so well written as well a perfect sure. romance so
0: is there a favorite word you use when you're writing
1: is so cheesy but i love the word kiss it's just kiss. so much fun to write kiss like <laughs> like it's just so much fun like when you write kiss it's like it's automatically cute. I don't know. I just don't know how to translate this. It. like, <laughs> maybe because I'm like touch starved or something. <laughs> like, like, okay, this is, it, like I can write an entire kissing scene and just like, okay, I'm done. That's the book. The book is them kissing. It's just, maybe I should write a book <laughs> with someone going around kissing people until they find the lips they want to kiss forever. It's,
0: oh, you know, wow. <laughs> <laughs> if, your book,
1: if your book became a movie, who would you want
0: to play the lead?
1: Um Chris Evans, I mean, because I need him <laughs> to be I need him to do a good romance movie that I can watch a hundred times, you know, like mm-hmm. come on Chris, you're mm-hmm. hot. Take that shirt off, you know. We just need to see we just need to see him in a good romance movie that's not, you know, weirdly misogynistic or something. I, I think
0: something. I've only seen him in like maybe in, like an ensemble cast in a romance. But not, like, at he's,
1: you know, he, he's done a movie with uh, Anna Faris. What, uh, what, what's your number, I think? He yeah. was good. There was a scene where he only had a towel on. That was amazing. But his character <laughs> was such a douchebag. I did not like it at all. I um, don't like it for him, you know? Right. Because right. in
0: real he life, also, he's, like, a really sweet person.
1: He so, He is so suave. The way he, like, talks. There was this video of him doing uh the knives out um, promotional tour where he was looking at this woman's boots and he's like i was gonna wear the exact same boots and he gave her this look that i still think about at night <laughs> <laughs> it's just we need him in a good movie okay we just need chris evans to like become the romance you know like at least one good movie you know yeah yeah <laughs> um where do you see where do you see
0: romance novels going in the next decade?
1: I want to I want to see more I want to see more people of color writing romance and not writing it for like the the general audience. Like I want specific like books, you know? Like I want books that are intricate and I don't know I I don't know how to say this and I want books that are very much about the culture but also not in a way that's like, "Oh, look, this is uh, palatable for everyone." Like there should be books where like the Arabic is not in italics, or any any foreign language that's not English in, in italics. And mm-hmm. I want romance. That's I, I want more romance on the screen. I need to see more like a black romance on the screen. I want to see that mm. because we don't get representation of romance a lot. It's just so such a bum bummer, you no. know. Like we no.
0: need to have
1: more romance of color yeah. on TV. Like like come on Netflix. I will not settle for the. The one romance movie that you released like in 2015. Like, come on, give me more.
0: We we get one every 20 years, it seems like. (laughs)
1: Right. (laughs) And then things like set it up, come on, uh, like the trailer and like it's Lucy Liu and Ty Diggs and you're like super excited because it's an Asian woman, a black man and right. you might fall in love, but then you watch the movie and it's garbage. I'm sorry. <laughs> Personally, I hated that movie because it was like so garbage to Lucy Lou. I mean, come on, she's Lucy Lou. Why would Ooh, you be mean yeah. me to her? Yeah. You know I mean? yeah. Yeah.
0: And so my final question is when it's all said and done, what do you want readers to say about the books that you write?
1: I want them to say that the book made them happy mm-hmm. in a way. Like, like I don't want people to like, I, I, I'm I not looking for like, uh, oh, I love you forever. I'll read your grocery list or something like that. No, I <laughs> want people to be like, I read this book. I was feeling sad and now I'm happy because of it. It's just, you know, it's a mm-hmm. simple kind of like a book that made you smile, you know? Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mina, you know, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so so much for being thank you um, for having me a podcast on. from all the way in the Middle East. I cannot believe it.
1: <laughs> but, I, yeah, but- it's it's, so it's really fun. My first podcast appearance. Yeah. How do you feel now
0: that you've done your I first?
1: Feel- I feel like a new woman. <laughs> I, I, I popped my podcast cherry. <laughs> well, I'm glad to help you do
0: that. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank, <laughs> thank you so, you so much. much. Thank you. And we're back. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation with Amina Wahid. Um, you can follow Mina on social media everywhere at Wahid W-A-H-E-E-D, W-A-H-E-E-D Rom. Um, she is on Twitter. Again, Graham's Delicacies and Soft on Soft are both available on Kindle. And if you have Kindle Unlimited, they're available, uh, available there as well. Uh, thank you so much to Mina for being part of my little old podcast all the way in the Middle East. Um, And thank you so much for taking the time and talking to us. It was a complete honor and pleasure and your bravery is uh, much commended. I do want to say something to our listeners. Um, You know, people think romance is just fluff. They think it's just stuff, you know, silly, frivolous things that women, uh, women and, and queer folk and whoever else who are outside of the sort of norm and patriarchy, I guess, and hegemony, listen to. But truly, romance can be, and as we see with our conversation with Nina, romance can be a revolutionary act. You can put things down on paper, uh, situations on paper, where the, the core of the, the whole thing is love. Whether it be love between queer folk, love between an interracial relationship, uh, a relationship between somebody who is disabled and somebody who is able-bodied. These, this is the beauty and diversity of romance. And I don't want people to take that for granted. So I hope listening to this conversation with mean kind of opened up your guys, you guys' eyes into the power of romance and how romance can be. Um, nevertheless, I want to give a Watching Romance recommendation for this week. Uh, this week's Watching Romance uh, recommendation is a movie that I came across a while ago on Netflix, but I decided to, um, I had started it and then I stopped, uh, but I decided to go ahead and uh, finish it up and and watch it. But it's called Palm Trees in the Snow. I believe it's based on a book, if I'm not mistaken. Um but it's about a young woman who travels to her family's plantation. I want to say her family kind of came up on this plantation. I want to say it's in, in Brazil. I'm not mistaken, but it is a, a Afro-Hispanic story. Um, and this kind of love, this kind of epic sweeping love story. If you're a person who likes Isabel Allende or uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, this is the type of movie for you. Um, You're going to absolutely love it. It's a very sweeping, epic movie. And um, there are subtitles, but um, hey, subtitles don't really stop me from enjoying a great romance. So it's really, really good. Again, it's called Palm Trees in the Snow and it's available on Netflix. You guys, thank you for joining us this week. And we will see you all next week uh, for another installment in our Writing in Color series. Again, my name is Tatiana. And again, we're sending love to uh, my podcast partner, Yakini, in New York as she uh, battles everything with COVID-19. And hopefully uh, we can get through this thing and be out and about uh, enjoying ourselves this summer. So take care and God bless and read some romance, y'all, or watch some romance, y'all. Talk to you later.